Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another healing conversation brought to you by AcousticHealth.com. I'm Loren Gailey, and today we're going to be talking about new healing technologies, specifically mind-based wellness and achievement. My guest today says that in our high-tech and fast-paced world, it's very stressful for everyone. The good news is that we can manage it by accessing what he calls a magical elixir in our brains that can truly change our physical bodies and transform our life as long as we can relax enough to get there. Dr. Patrick Porter of Porter Vision has developed a process that he calls Creative Visualization Relaxation, CVR, and he's going to share with us today how it can literally change your life in just 20 minutes a day. It's more than just silent meditation. It's guided meditation with sound and light waves that produce chemical changes in our physiology. Over a million of his clients have used these methods that he shares in his seminars and several books, including Thrive in Overdrive, How to Navigate Your Overloaded Lifestyle, and Awaken the Genius, mind technology for the 21st century. He's also created new products that help us accelerate our wellness and achievement. His website is portervision.com. Welcome to Healing Conversations, Dr. Patrick Porter. Well, thank you for having me, Lauren. So let's talk about this magic elixir. Well, one thing is that most people are familiar with the fight or flight syndrome. Yes. But the reality is we also have the relaxation response. And instead of just a few people out there in reality that have this ability to cope under pressure, it's a learned response. So we can teach that to people and then this chemical reaction. You know, they say that uh, there's a saying out there that says, you know, that he or she that angers you conquers you. And that was by the Buddha 5,000 years ago. And the reality is, the reason that is true is when you think a negative thought, your brain greatest uh, pharmacy on earth, capable of releasing 30,000 different neurochemicals, goes into your body and starts destroying you from the inside out because of that thought. So if it can happen in a negative way, it can also happen in a very positive way. That's why when Jesus came, he said, love your neighbor. You know, so when you're loving and appreciating people, especially yourself, and you start to appreciate your life, then this magic elixir known as the chemical compounds in your own brain go to work flowing down through your body, creating a healing and a a response to stress that is one that is uh, preparedness and an ability to cope with that stress. What are the products that you've got and how do they help us? Well, there's two primary products that we have besides the uh, over 450 different uh, mind messaging sessions that we have, the guided imagery that you talked about at the beginning of the of the podcast here. The uh, in the uh, the main program that we have is called Zen Frames. And what the Zen frames do is they utilize light and sound technology to train the brain to go to those places. Uh, it works with relaxing music. Uh, uh, most people out there are probably familiar with music, especially from your other websites. That type of music actually activates that part of the brain that balances the hemispheres of the brain, and in this balanced state actually helps you to relax. So we include that in there as well. We also use what's called isochronic tones and binaural beats. Uh, deep carrier frequencies to balance the hemispheres of the brain. So if you think about it, with it, when our brain's in harmony, everything works better. You know, the nervous system controls the whole body. So as we change our thoughts, we change our physiology, our body, and it's able to function in this healing, healthy state instead of this disorder that happens when we're under this uh, fight or flight or this stress response. So with the Zen frames, and then we have a new technology that's just being released, actually. It's only been out about six weeks called BrainFit. And the difference between the two is the BrainFit machine actually is the first one, proprietary technology that we have that uses red, green, and blue light, which means that we can have full-spectrum light. For those out there that are familiar with uh, using light therapy, now we can create any light tone or color that we want to move with the sound technology to exercise the brain and the different uh, parts of the brain to keep the brain active. So 
brain fitness as we all grow, you know, better looking and more intelligent with age, you know, we need to keep our brains going because the worst thing that can happen is we arrive in the future without our intelligence. So we want to make sure that our cognitive still skills are all there and operating at peak efficiency. Let's talk more about the Zen frames. You mentioned the binaural beat and the isochronic tones. Let's talk more about the left brain and the right brain harmony. There's a saying I have that people get what they rehearse in life, not what they intend. And a lot of people out there don't understand that. And, you know, the old saying that the, the road to hell is paved with great intentions. And even though we intend on acting differently under stress, a lot of people try to think their way out of stress. When the left brain actually robs your body of energy, and to prove that point, just do your taxes. You know, the moment you start to do your taxes, all the energy you had in your body leaves because computing and working with numbers is very taxing on the brain. The brain uses 90% of the energy, oxygen, and nutrients of the body. So when you start to use this, this left brain function, you actually don't have as much energy. Now the right brain, which is uh, also neither as good or or I should say neither is better than the other. The right brain is kind of the person that, that bounces the checks, and the bank calls them and says, hey, you bounced your check. And they said, what do you mean I don't have any money in the bank? I still have checks left, you know, because they don't get it. They don't, get, they don't, put, they don't connect the dots. So I'm talking about two very different extremes here. And the, left side, and the left brain person is very logical, linear. They're the one that needs the meditation the most. They're also the one that questions it. You know, they question a power greater than themselves or a power inside of them that's greater than a power outside themselves and that all they need to do is quiet their mind and do it. But that doesn't seem logical to them. Why would I just lay there for 20 minutes? When the reality is uh, you're not just laying there when you're doing meditation, especially with the use of the Zen frames because your brain is being exercised. You're balancing the hemispheres of the brain. You're going into the different brainwave states and exercising the brain in a way that it doesn't get exercised uh, in regular life because you're reacting to life instead of interacting with it. But the right brain person typically doesn't have a lot of problems with stress. Their problem is identifying what needs to take action in their life. That's why a lot of um, musicians and actors and actresses have to hire lawyers because they're so creative and they're so out there emotionally that they don't know how to protect themselves, in other words, and that's where the lawyers come in, you know, to make sure the T's are crossed and the, the I's are dotted. So the reality is here that we need both. We need to be a strong, uh, you know, there's a saying out there that says that some people are so, uh, their head's so high in the clouds that they're no earthly good. And so what we want to be is we want to be in the world, as they say, but not of it. But you want to be operating almost like a Sufi master who can be in the world but also sees this inner world and sees these solutions just coming up almost like a, a heads-up display in an automobile or something like that. The, the people that really can manage the stress in their life and use the right and left brain, when there's a problem, not only do they logically figure it out, but they're creative about it. You know, the most creative people tend to be logical as well. And the highly logical people, you know, when you get into like what we do at Quantum University with it's all about quantum physics, is that when you get into quantum physics, you're now getting into a realm almost of spirituality because the atoms in our universe acts a very, a very spiritual in nature, and it can't be explained by our mathematics of today because it's, it's in an abstract mathematics that things appear and disappear in space and time that, that our scientists can't explain. So that also is true with our brain. So when we're talking about this right and left brain, our brain is a pattern-recognizing mechanism. So what it does is we, we run through our life experience and we have all these patterns that we have. And if the patterns work for us, then great, don't change them. But the, the problem most people have is they, they know the patterns that they want to change in their life, but they don't know how to change them. So that's why the Zen Frames is actually known. We use it with a group of chiropractors called Health Source Chiropractic. They have over 300 locations around the country. They actually call the Zen Frames in their clinics a behavioral repatterning device because in order to make a real true change in your, in your physiology, in your mind space, if you will, you need, to get in, you need to get out of beta consciousness, which for those listening to me right now, beta is that state of mind where you react to information without even giving it due process. You basically react on prejudice, on past knowledge. But when you start to meditate, I had a great teacher, his name was Gil Gilly. He, he actually grew up with Ernest Holmes, for those that know science of the mind. And, and Gil is still alive. He's 84 years old. And he's one of these gifted people that can see into the other realities that happen around us. And he was brought up 
by Ernest Holmes because he could predict things in the future. And I believe that when you get into these other states, the state of alpha and theta, since we're pattern recognizing, our brain is a pattern recognizing mechanism, some people are so gifted they can see into these unseen worlds that are all around us right now, but most of us are unaware of them because of our prejudice to the reality that we exist in, that these people can actually step into these other worlds and predict the outcomes for different scenarios. You know, there's, there's probabilities that happen around us all the time. So when we get in balance with our right and left hemisphere, we start to access that sixth sense. Not only do we have the ability to see, hear, feel, smell, and taste, but our brain working all together gives us this ability to work almost in a, in a hyperspace or in a, in a place outside of space and time where other people are reacting to situations. Now we can play in a dance field, if you will, and we can interact with reality instead of reacting to it. And that's really where the balance of the right and left hemisphere comes in and the harmony that happens between the two. So most people under stress shut down one hemisphere of the brain because the brain is never rehearsed, staying open and active and keeping both hemispheres of the brain alive, really. Uh, so under stress, people shut down. There's a few exercises in my book, Awaken the Genius, that we have, but one of the best exercises, if the listener is in a place where they can stand up, if they stand up right now and they just balance on one foot and do a circle with the other foot, and just as they're doing that circle, they write their name in the air in cursive. And as they're writing their name in cursive in the air, they're going to find that something's going to happen. One of two things. One, they're going to write their name and they're going to forget to do the circle. Their foot's going to bob back and forth um, like analog. Or they're going to forget how to write their name and they're just going to do the circle. That little experiment, and we do what Einstein used to call a thought experiment, that little thought experiment is going to prove to the person listening if their right brain or left brain shuts down under stress because we just asked the brain to do two things at the same time. One was a right brain function. They did a circle with their foot. The other is a left brain function. They wrote their name. When these two are in conflict, there's a neurological storm that happens between the right and left hemisphere of the brain in the space called the corpus callosum. And what happens is it's almost like being in the L.A. freeway and there's a traffic jam. And so they have to shut down half the city to get the rest of the traffic through. And what the brain does, it shuts down one half of uh, it's processing power so they can handle the emotional responses that are happening at that moment in time. So the person will know if they're right or left brain, if they can write their name, then their, their left brain stays active, their right brain shuts down, they probably need help becoming more creative. The person that does the circle but forgets how to sign their name, they're probably more right-brained and they need to become more logical in their life. It sounds like when you're able to balance the left and the right brain, that were almost what the Hindus or Buddhists call super consciousness. Exactly. You're you're in that hyper state. You're in that super state where there's a super state in, in physics that says in that state all probabilities exist. And when you're operating, I, I like to tell my clients that there's only an infinite number of possibilities from any one moment in time. And they go, what? Because that's a paradox, right? If there's only one moment in time but an infinite number of possibilities where somebody who is a problematical person or a pessimist, they see out of an infinite number of possibilities that there's only one probability, failure. Do you understand? So the same thing is true of people who have addictions. You know, the person that's addicted to cigarettes, for instance, in an infinite number of scenarios, they have to have a cigarette maybe. Instead of in an infinite number of scenarios, they can be a non-smoker. But it's just a, because the brain is a pattern-recognizing device, it brings that pattern to the surface. So when you go into that super state, above it all, well, and you look down at your experience, you have access to what we call discretionary access, all of the other options that are part of your life. So if someone's got fear, for example, how would using your product with the Zen frames help them remove that? One thing is fear, like all other negative emotions. If you think of negative emotions for a moment, the, one of the first things that happens is we stop breathing. We, we tighten up our chest. And when we stop breathing, we tighten up our chest, we don't have access to that pranic energy, that, that atma, if you will, that in every moment in time is all the information you need for that moment. But it's all linked to your breath. If you don't breathe, you don't get the information. So your brain stops working. Your body starts shutting down. 
basically you're stepping outside of space-time, but you're not stepping outside with the intention of coming back with resources. You're basically shutting down and letting the conditions of the experience dictate how you emotionally feel. So what, the, what we do with the Zen frames, through all the exercises, we're, te- we're teaching them. Really, you brought up yoga a little bit ago. We're, we're doing a Kriya breath. We're doing a connected breath throughout the, there's an exercise throughout the whole thing that's teaching people to breathe throughout the process. When somebody breathes, you cannot be deep breathing and have fear at the same time. You know, it's physiologically impossible. So when you learn to breathe through experiences, what happens is your brain opens up to possibilities. Your, your senses begin to function, and you're in a flow state. You know, there's been a lot of research here recently about flow states, and one of the things that they have proven is in a flow state, people stay relaxed. They, they breathe deeply. They think out scenarios. But if you think about a fear state, you know, and there are times when our body is hardwired for that. Remember, our, our bodies have not progressed as quickly as our mind. Our bodies are still that prehistoric um, instinct, which they call the reticular activating system that's in our brain. And when we're faced with, with a, a frightful situation or a fearful experience, it still has the genetic memory or the genetic wisdom, if you will, of a saber-toothed tiger chasing us. So immediately what happens is our cortisol levels increase, our respiration, you know, we, we start to flee, if you will. And in some cases, when, when, then when our body, that's okay if we're out in nature and we have to do that, but in some cases our body knows, hey, I'm sitting behind a desk and I just got a bad phone call, or negative phone call. Now I'm fearful something's going to happen. So our body starts to shut down because it doesn't know where to go with that energy. Everything is energy, energy in motion. That's what the word emotion means. So if we can keep energy in motion, then our body stays healthy. So if you think of all of the pleasant states, if you think for a moment of joy and happiness and uh, a successful memory that people have, their bodies, what happens? We're breathing deeply. We're open. Our, you know, we're basically, we would love to stay in that all the time, but being too high all the time or being too low all the time is bad for the body, so we need that balance. So what we do during in the Zen frame scenario and through all of the creative visualization processes, we're going to teach them through thought experiments, put them into scenarios where we teach them how to operate differently. I like to tell people we teach people how to think, not what to think. I believe personally that every person has discretionary access to all the resources they need. They just don't have access to them when they need them. So what we're going to do is we're going to teach them how to create the neural pathways to get to those physiological responses that are going to be more appropriate or better for them to experience their life in a way that is in harmony with the joy, happiness, and peace that is a part of our birthright. And that's really what we're talking about here. With When you get into, the zen, get into that Zen state, that's why we call it Zen frames, you get, most people go off and they meditate. And, and I, I was fortunate enough to study with Yogi Bhajan in uh, Parahasi Gananda's group out in Phoenix for years and doing yoga and practicing what they call Laya Yoga, and that's great. But the reality is most people are not going to go do that. They're mm-hmm. going to want a machine. So we're in America here. We want a machine we can put on. We can instantly go there. I mean, this is the world of instant gratification. We want it fast. We want it free. We want a rebate. We want a limo to come get us to pick up our winning lottery ticket. You know, all of those things because, you know, here in the U.S. anyway, we're, we're Americans. We want it fast. So back in the 80s, actually, when we developed the very first light and sound machine, you know, it, it blew people away. Even at the Consumer Electronics Show back in 1989, we were on the front cover of that publication because uh, the Rolling Stones were playing behind us, and it looked like all these people were passed out in these chairs with these, with these mm-hmm. lights on, and they're relaxing, and they're just having this great experience because they incorporated the noise from the experience. Now it's better if you're in a quiet office or in your bedroom or whatever doing it, but because it takes you outside of space and time so you can have this experience. Because when you have a direct experience with this deep relaxation, your body starts to change the way when you return back to your physical world. You return with solutions instead of just having an experience that says, wow, that was great, but then there's no contextualization. So what we do through creative visualization is we're going to put people into scenarios where their brain starts to think, oh, you mean I can feel this way? when I'm confronted with this experience, depending upon what it is. And we have a whole, that's why we have 450 different mind messaging programs, because there's so many different experiences that are out there that people need to have to change the way they think and respond to their environment. Well, I just love that you have taken on a scientific level 
what the spiritual gurus have always known about meditation and even light and sound. What is your favorite story of people who've really made changes in their lives? Well, I think there there are so many. I think one of my favorite was uh, the story. We we had we were being interviewed by People Magazine a few years back, 1986, and they asked us to put together a group of people that had lost half their weight and kept it off for five years. And so we submitted a hundred different people that had given us their testimonials and their story. And the one that they chose, he's a gentleman from Chicago, and he had never been thin. And still to this day now, it's been, I'm I'm friends with him on Facebook still today, and he's still at his healthy weight. And he told the story of he didn't, he was always depressed. He didn't really want to achieve anything. Now he owns his own company. He's, He's been, he's become super successful because he found out he could take this one limitation that he had, which at the time was his weight, and he was able to conquer that with his mind. And now, because of that one success, he was able to translate that into other areas of his life. And I think stories like that always always motivate me. I know that we had uh, we also had a, a girl that was one of the Olympic gymnasts here in this past Olympics, and um, she had fallen and and hurt herself and and hurt her ankle, and she couldn't get back up on the uh, the beam or do the do the uh, different flips and things that she was used to doing. And through the use of, uh, we were able to, because of one of the things we learned in neurolinguistic programming from, from Dr. Bandler when he taught me in the 80s, was that you can go back and change your personal history. And a lot of people out there don't believe that. In fact, in my book, The Awaken the Genius, I have a chapter that says I was, the son of, I was blessed to be the son of an alcoholic. Now, obviously at the time I didn't feel that way. But because you could go back and change that past, and with, um, with, this, with this girl, when we, when we had her go back and change that past experience, we took that delta imprint out of her brain, which delta imprint means it's at the subconscious level, and it's imprinting the way she interacts with the, every time she thought about doing a flip or doing, getting on the balance beam, she would see the negativity in her mind. She would see the injury. And so she was focused on the injury instead of on just completing her task. And most people in that state, they basically just see the result. You know, they see themselves landing at the end and they're, you know, they're breathing and they're proud of what they did and all of that. And when we were able to change that, just her face, the first time she got up there, she goes, I can't even remember when I failed before. Because when you, and this is one of the things I learned from Dr. Wayne Dyer, he says, when you eliminate all thoughts of failure, all you can do is succeed. So we need to eliminate the failure thoughts and focus on the successful thoughts, and then that will happen. You know, it's the old the old analogy of the uh, the two wolves in your head fighting that the old Indian chief tells tells his grandson, and the grandson says, "Well, which one wins?" And he says, "Well, obviously the one that I feed." Mm-hmm. So these thoughts in our head are like these two wolves fighting. And so what we're going to do, and when I hear these stories time and time again, I mean, I have we have literally thousands of different testimonials over the years of people, but those are a couple that, that kind of stick out on for right now. You talked about the '80s and your first light and sound machine yeah the machine was called the mc square larry gillen and linnea reed were the two people that owned the company called light and sound research and i was their researcher and when we created the technology it's it's similar to what we have today but of course technology has made it much easier to use and much more affordable now but um when we created that it was actually an accident we were creating a therapeutic device. They were $10,000 at the time. And you had to be a, a practitioner to use them, like a biofeedback practitioner. And then they built a prototype for me of a new machine, and it was a small little portable one. And I was one of the six investors, too, in the company at the time, uh, and they were using my office to work out of. And I took it into one of my clients, and they said, wow, that's really neat. I'd like to buy one. And I said, you would? What would you pay for it? And they told me, and I went back to them, and I said, can you build me 10 of these? I want to sell them to my clients. They said, for how much? And at the time, they were, you know, I don't know, five or $600. And I said, I can sell them to my clients. Well, I went back and sold those 10 to my clients. And they went, wow, you mean not just doctors buy this? And I said, no, my, my clients love it. And we started selling it, and that's why we went to the Consumer Electronics Show, was to, to kind of feature it there to show them this new technology that is out there. And then that just evolved into Zen Frames and the BrainFit machine? Yes, and 
you know, now we have, you know, people like Paul McKinnon on board, Dr. Richard Bandler. You know, th these are the kind of people that are using this technology now because they know, I mean, it's like having a therapist in a box or a mental coach because like, we have programs for sports as well as golf and, and basketball and things like that. So you can have a little mental coach in your pocket that you can use at any time to uh, because most of these things are all in your mind anyway. If, you're, if your mind space is right, you're going to perform better on the court or whatever you're doing. And I have not used the Zen Frames, so can you describe what that product is? Sure, and I'm going to send you one when we're off the when we're off the line now, so you can put it on your site, let people know what your experience was like. What happens is you put on the glasses, your eyes are closed, the light is working through LEDs, light emitting diodes, and it attracts the brain wave. So the way that it works is called frequency following response. So let's imagine that I invite you out here to San Francisco with me and we go to the ocean and we're watching the waves and it's one of those beautiful days and it's sunny and it's actually warm in San Francisco. And what do you think your body's going to do at that moment? Relax. Yeah, you're going to relax because your body is a biofeedback mechanism. And the earth itself resonates at the Schumann frequency, which is 7.8 hertz frequency, which just happens to be theta. So the body... And when you go into the city, like if we were then to, to get into our car and drive into the city of San Francisco and the hustle and bustle and everything like that, we would go into beta. So our body is used to this thing called frequency following response. It, and that's why we walk into a room of people we like, we say, wow, I got a good vibe off that person. Well, there's, there's actually scientific proof that says, yeah, you did get a vibe off them. Because we're always giving off these electrical stimulus even though we don't know it, most people don't know that their brain is a transmitter and a receiver of stellar waves technology. So our brains are sending off these brain waves, these electrical impulses. And even though we can't consciously do it yet, you know, and I say yet because who knows, somebody might someday be able to teach us all how to read minds because we're broadcasting those thoughts out. And then, but what happens then is not only with the lights, you have those on, so your eyes are closed, you're reclined back or laying in bed, you're going to also hear coming in through your ears, you're going to hear tones. Now, you're not going to be aware of the isochronic tones. And what that, that is doing is it's setting a cadence, almost like a bass drum of a band, mm -hmm. you know, like a marching band or whatever. It's setting the cadence. It's guiding the person from the wide awake state into a state of alpha and theta, which is on the threshold of sleep. But then the binaural beats, the way binaural beats work, and this is what holysync is or hemisync, they're all the same thing, even though they put different music, and the music is what makes those programs. You know, they have beautiful music that's playing. And so we put this, these binaural beats in the background that you're basically your other than conscious mind hears. And let's say we wanted to get you to 10 hertz frequency, which is alpha. We're gonna, we have an algorithm, which is proprietary, which tells the brain to go from 200 hertz frequency to 210 in the other ear. So each ear hears something. Our brain is used to syncing the difference. So the difference between 210 and 200 is 10. So the brain then starts to operate at 10 hertz frequency. And then it changes ever so slightly based on an algorithm that we use that has been researched that we know the brain will follow. So through frequency following response in relation with the light and the sound, it's guiding the person down. Now we choose very selective music, like the music that was on the one website that you sent me that, that you're affiliated with. That type of music is really important because it's not disruptive to the neurochemistry of the body you know and i'm not saying that you know there's a time for rock and roll music and that kind of thing maybe when you're cleaning your house but not really when you're relaxing you know it's going to take you out of the state of deep relaxation so when your intention is to get into these alpha and theta states you need alpha music and a lot of, there's been a great deal of research about music and learning and how you get into that learning state and so when we use the music and then we have some sound effects in our series. So while the person is listening to it, they have the light, the sound, the, in the different uh, brainwave and carrier frequencies, and then they're listening to a guided message. That, that guided imagery message is what the brain's gonna start to use. Now, the neat thing about the Zen frames, more often than not, I hear people say, you know, I don't visualize very well. Well, that's not true with the Zen frames, because once you start really uh, exercising the brain, we all are clairvoyant. And the reason I say that is if I gave you, if you parked in the parking lot outside of my office and you came in and you listen to the Zen frames, when you're done, you'd walk back out to your car and you'd get in it and drive, drive home. Well, in order to find your car, you had to use your clairvoyant ability 
because you had to clearly see your car in your head. You matched it up with the key that you had. You didn't have to go out to the parking lot and put that key in every car door to find out which one was yours. You had a picture in your head about it. But the problem is most people have never exercised their brain, so it's an unconscious faculty. But what they're going to find out by using the Zen frames is all of these natural gifts are heightened. Their ability to see, hear, experience life, their ability to handle and manage the emotions, the, whether it be stress or happiness, their body is able to, to operate better in time because they've exercised it. Also, when you're done, the incredible thing is when you're done with a Zen frame session, you've now eliminated excess uh, uh, adrenaline in your system, which is one of the main things for anti-aging. Your cortisol levels return to normal. Uh, I should say if somebody's out there in pain, they're probably not going to have pain in their body. One research study we did with American Pain and Wellness out of Plano, Texas, we took 30 people who had uh, surgeries that had damaged their nerves to the point that pain medicine would not reduce or eliminate their pain in their body. And after a 13-week study, over 75% of those people in the study were able to reduce or eliminate their pain. Now, the incredible part of the study with Dr. Reimersma and White that ran the study, they said that on average, every person in that study lost just under a pound a week without any suggestions for weight loss. And they said, why did that happen? I said, well, that's because the cortisol levels returned to normal, their stress levels returned to, to normal, and the excess adrenaline left their system. So the body chemistry actually started to work to reduce or eliminate the excess weight. So these are, what happens is when the body's in homeostasis, when it's out, out of stress, the body's intelligence, this innate intelligence that we have in our body, is able to do its work. But while our body's under stress, it has to deal with that. It has to deal with stress first because that's, it's the fight or flight. It's got to deal with the first fear. You know, when you're, when you're attacked by a saber-toothed tiger, you don't want to worry about certain functions of the body. Even your immune system shuts down to give you all the energy you need to, to flee. So we need to keep our body in balance so that our, especially in this day and age, our immune system stays peaked in, in you know, perfect harmony and our body functions the way it's supposed to uh, under non-stressful conditions. You had talked about bodies still being in that prehistoric state. And I'm going to go out on a limb here and ask you, what are your thoughts of ascension, as we've heard? I really think you're working to help that entire process. Well, I'm one of these kind of crazy people that believe that we're moving from a carbon-based reality to a, uh, to a crystalline base. We're moving from into a different frequency, a different reality. Mm -hmm. If you think about it, when you were younger, uh, if you were like me, it seemed like I couldn't get from 6th to 7th grade fast enough. It was so slow. Yeah. Now I can remember I moved to California in 2006, and it seems like yesterday. Time itself is changing. So we need the tools, and we need our, our life is changing. You know, the space and time is evolving around us, and our bodies and our mind need to keep up. So, yeah, technologies like the Zen frames, there's just going to be more and more of those type of technologies coming out, I think, for the future. And, again, it's the science that is backing up what spiritual people have known. Now, you've spent pretty much your life on this path. Oh, yeah, I was very fortunate. When my dad finally got help for his alcoholism, he became a Silva mind control instructor, which they call the Silva method now. Mm. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with that, but it, it teaches you how to go to level. And that's really where I got involved with light and sound. They didn't have the light portion, but they had what they called the Silva sound. And what Silva teaches you is to go to level, which is alpha. And you have this creative place there. And so I started, and I created my, own, my first actual uh, meditation uh, session for myself at age 12. So I've been doing this my whole life, and... Uh, I'm still just as passionate and have just as much fun every day getting up doing it as I did back then. So I love this. AcousticHealth.com, that has music from the universe. That was created by assigning musical notes to mathematical equations. We have a relationship with Stephen Halperin and also uh, Alexander McPhee from Sedona and their music, and I'd love to have your music available to people because there's certain times where you don't want to hear somebody talking to you. And music takes you to a different place. And really, as uh, individuals, we want to 
Some people do this in a healthy way, like through meditation and through listening to music. And other people, unfortunately, choose destructive ways, like through drugs and alcohol and things like that. So what happens is there's a everything in the universe, there's a, there's a mathematical equation. Uh, even the Rishis knew that everything in the universe was made of light and sound. Mm-hmm. There's a certain rhythm and order to the universe, and music is one way to capture that. And I think all the different music that's out there that is, uh, if you want to call it New Age or whatever, and I know that there's a Dr. Jeffrey Thompson that actually when I saw your site, I was wondering if he was connected with you because he, he actually bought the rights to the uh, space sounds from NASA, and he incorporated them into meditations. Um, oh, that's there are, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, so what happens is all of these sounds key in, and whether it's the genetic wisdom of our body that triggers in, because all of our ancestors are in our body right now through our genetic makeup. So the music is going to tap into something in there, you know, and it's going to awaken something within us. So that's why certain pieces of music, I mean, could you imagine going to the movies without a background soundtrack? I mean, it would be boring. You know, the the music sets the mood. And so sometimes what I think, and I very, very often, of course, people ask me what I listen to. Most, more often than not, I'm doing the brainwave entrainment with music because I'm trying to get into my own thoughts and figure things out and, and you know, what I call playing in the mental space of my mind so that I can have my own thought experiments. But, you know, if I, if I want to listen to Wealth Consciousness, then I listen to that. You know, that series we did based on Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich. But the music that we pick for those are, they should add to the experience. So just having music alone is very important. And we put the binaurals in so that the conscious mind doesn't really hear it. They're not, it's not overpowering, so the music still guides them and they get that message. Because the music is going to create its own images, you know, in, in own, their own pictures and their own experience that they need you believe we're going to that crystalline body and there's other thoughts that we're growing in our DNA strands oh yeah I mean I think that when they when they've come up with research it shows that we're seeing new colors that weren't available at the time when Christ walked the planet I mean our body is evolving and uh, the radiation from the Sun and from the solar system I mean a lot of people just think of our Sun but our the radiation from our galaxy from other from the omniverse is triggering our body. You know, at one time we were all star stuff. So, you know, what are we now? But we're a collection of experiences from the from the universe. So I, I, I definitely believe that. I think that, too, that, uh, you know, when some people say, well, my genetics can do this or that, I, I think that, yeah, we all have a genetic predisposition, but I think that we can override that. Uh, I love in Parahatsa Yogananda's book where he was told that he was going to be uh, married and have two kids, but he decided to have his own choice and become a guru. You know, so you still have, there's a, I believe personally that there's a karmic path which is uh, controlled by forces outside of our nature that are going to make sure we do certain things in our life experience, but then if we choose to take an active role and go beyond that, we have the capacity to move beyond it or accelerate our growth in our in our knowledge base. And I think that this is one step. I mean, I, I think you have to make sure you feed the body what it needs to get those, you know, t- to be healthy, but also your thinking and, and just being open to those possibilities. And then, you know, with, with what they know about quantum physics right now, where they somebody, you know, the old saying, if a tree falls in the forest, does anybody hear it? Well, there is no forest unless you're there to see it. So what are they talking about? So everything's in a super state until we get there to make it what it is, whether it be a particle or a wave. So in, and I, I'm one of those crazy people, if you will, that believes that that's, that is exactly true and that by our thinking we bring, we call into reality the infinite possibility that is existing in that moment in time. So right now there's an infinite number of possibilities of how this conversation will go, and we'll choose one of them. But in another reality, all the other infinite choices are being taken as well. And that in kind of the multiple worlds theory. And we want to be in a we want to be open to the one that's best for us and best for everyone else that we love in the world or we're concerned with. And I think that those possibilities are opening up. And just look at it. I mean, if I still remember before my grandma passed away, she was 94 years old, and uh, I was driving in my car and I had a an X5 BMW and my car 
binged at me. She said, what's that? I said, oh, that's my car telling me I'm going 74 miles an hour. She goes, oh, my God, I can't believe that, that your car has to tell you when you're speeding. And I said, Grandma, that's just a convenience. You know, I'm in my head driving, I, I, and I got a speeding ticket, so I set it for that. So I went yeah. on. And I said, there's technology that can help and guide you, but the reality is you still have to take personal responsibility. But if you, you know, when my grandma was alive, she went from, you know, just seeing the first automobiles to going through the Depression to what we have today. I mean, that generation has seen so much. And they say that what we have, what we have done in the last 20 years is more than what has been done in the last almost 2,000 years as far as technology is concerned. So where are we heading? You know, somebody is going to break the code on the quantum computer, and then everything's going to change. Medicine's going to change. Our health and our body's going to change because we're, we're, we are quantum computers. We're, we're beings of light that express ourselves through physical form, whether that be physical if you want to call it physical, because we're not really physical. We're light particles. And the only thing that keeps us together, and this was something Dr. Jockman sh shared in his book called The Crystal Planet. He's a NASA scientist. Every person has a harmonic frequency that keeps their cells in their own universe. So you are an omniverse of yourself. So you have 75 trillion cells in your body that make up little universes. Now, the only reason they stay with you is because there's a harmonic field around you that tells those cells they stay with you. Now, they've developed a piece of uh, technology that can point into a room and find out how many different harmonic frequencies are in there, and those are people. So the military thought, wow, we got this great piece of equipment. Let's put it up in a satellite, point it back, and we can point it back like into the forest of um, Vietnam, and we'll know how many people are in there. Well, the NASA scientists were shocked because when they pointed that back at the Earth, it registered one being. And it made the sound of ohm. So the, the scientists were like shocked. What do you mean? Well, how did these rishis know that? How yeah. did all these people know that the ohm sound mm -hmm. was the actual resonant frequency of the earth? So there's, there's a lot here we don't know and we can't explain. And scientists is, you know, sticking their finger in the pond and finding out if the water's cold or warm. And they're finding that they're being pushed in. You know, they, they just can't sit by the sidelines anymore. They're going to figure this all out. When you're speaking of Quantum University, several of the trainers and the teachers and the instructors were featured in What the Bleep Do We Know, the movie. And so you are... I'm the head of their mind-based medicine program. Fascinating. So you are rubbing shoulders with this new paradigm of thinkers. Yep. Bruce Lipton's going to be our speaker at this, uh, in this October coming up. He's going to be the speaker out in Hawaii. We do it every year in Hawaii. Uh, we do our the college's national convention, if you will. And, and Goswami will be there, Ahmed Goswami, who's featured in the movie. And, uh, you know, I think that when you hear these people talk, they're way beyond what I, what I know. They're, they're super intelligent. And uh, they explain it in a way that is, you know, I love listening to Bruce Lipton. He's incredible the way he explains the intelligence of the cells and, and what's going on. Looking forward, what is your vision in the next 10 to 20 years of our world? Well, it really depends on how we, we process information and how we deal with the greed factor. There's so many ways our world could change. In fact, it could have changed in the 1940s with Tesla's technology. You know, my vision for the future is that we've embraced free energy. I mean, when you think about, there's a book out there called The Physics of the Impossible, and it's one of the guys from What to Believe, and, he, and I can't remember his name. He's on, uh, it's, um, his name fails me right now, but he, he, wrote, he writes about how science fiction is and what the probability of that happening and what life, what experience that might happen in what timeline of our, our existence here on Earth. And we wouldn't even be considered an evolved species as far as the Earth is concerned because we don't even use 1% of the energy that hits the Earth. You know, we're still robbing the Earth of its energy instead of using the Earth. Our Earth is being thrown through space at over 100,000 miles an hour. The kinetic energy alone of our Earth is so great it could power everything in our, in our Earth without costing anybody anything. And if you take the greed factor off the table, you take the money factor off the table where everyone is equal, uh, you know, I, I perceive a world where basically everyone will be doing their passion because that's what they want to do. And we have a world, not a utopian, if you will, but a scientifically-based, harmonious world that people will do what they love and they'll be working with others. Because 
they they have actually proven scientifically when you when you give other people when you're gifting to people and you're sharing your resources with people you actually get an emotional payoff you get an immediate physical return on your investment at that time so as we start to evolve as a species i think that will become more of our norm instead of right now people wait till they become rich and then they become philanthropic well the reality is that when you become philanthropic you become rich you know because you get and right now everybody's just trying to survive of course through the stress and people are manipulating us through housing prices and uh, oil prices and all these things that are just craziness you know i see this has to come to an end at some point and technology is one of the solutions there are some who think that the new world that is being created will not have that money factor in it even back in the 1940s, when Parahansi Gananda wrote the book, Autobiography Yogi, he talks about this other world. That's it, fascinating. This is not something new. It's, and he talked about his guru's gurus talking about it. Didn't his guru who transitioned came to him and spoke of this world? Yes. Sri Yukstawarji and, and uh, La Masari, they both were telling him about it. You know, people are evolving to it. And what will happen is, this is just my take on it from the research, that, I, that I've gleaned from the books and things is that you won't even know that you've made that transition. It'll just be a natural evolution for those that do it. And then those others will be almost back in prehistoric times. You know, when you think about the earth changes and things that are happening around us. So even more vital that people learn definitely to meditate, whether it's with tools and technology. And this just seems with the light and the sounds, you are compounding all of those benefits the nice thing is, once you're there, you can go there without the equipment, if you choose. Because you know what it feels like. It's like you're yes. flexing a muscle. Right. It reminds me of the spiritual gurus that say, you can just put a smile on it and smile at any part of your body, and that will send a honey-like substance to the body. Yes, and actual research is proving that to be true. <laughs> you know, that that your body has these these brain chemicals, if you will, that, that nurture the body. And if you have these loving feelings and respect for your body, then it happens. I just was uh, shown that there are more people today on, uh, on my Facebook page. I actually posted it. Uh, there's a, uh, it, was, it showed that there are more people today that are being prescribed meditation than there are any other medicines for things like cancer. So six million doctors are now prescribing meditation. I love That's it. That's a shift. I mean, that is that is so profound that I don't think people understand what that means. I mean, there's that critical fact, you know, that hundredth monkey that people talk about, that mm -hmm. eventually that's going to be the norm. People will start treating from within instead of just putting a pill in and thinking it's going to be a magical, we have the magic inside of us. It doesn't have to come from outside of us. And turn off your televisions, and if you need the television on, then turn off those commercials. Most people don't know this, but when you're watching television, you're getting a 10-cycle rhythm. You're being put into alpha, which means you're in a hypernesia state, super memory state, which means they're impressing in your subconscious what they want you to think and do. So, yeah, the commercials, when you watch a commercial and it says, do you have any of these symptoms, and they're like normal symptoms for everyday Americans, and then at the end they say, you need this purple pill, you know, then you run out and you go tell your doctor you hate it. They're... In fact, there's a, been research done that shows that what they call the nag factor, and they're using it. When you watch commercials now, if you, if you have to watch them, watch how they're using the nag factor. Either, either you're going to your doctor telling them what you want, or your kids are telling the parents what they want in the commercials. They're, they're instructing people on what to do and how to do it, and they're, you know, back in the, in the 60s, nobody ever thought of going to their doctor and saying, you need to put me on Ritalin, or you need to put me on some drug medication. I mean, in, you know, if it was prescribed by the doctor, that's one thing. But now people are going to the doctor and saying, I saw this commercial, and I really think I need that. that mm -hmm. uh, and it's crazy. And then they don't listen to the other part of it, because when they're talking about all the bad things, you know, like your intestines are going to fall out while you're walking down the road and all that, and they have the person smiling on screen, and it's bright colors, and they're, it's like it's incongruent. The message is incongruent with the message. So the brain doesn't hear that. Your brain never processes incongruencies. It, 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 remember, it's a pattern recognizing, so it only sees the smiling person, the happy guy. It doesn't hear the message, because it, it, but they're doing all their disclaimers. Nobody hears that.
I'd like to open the phone line and have Margot share any questions that she has. Welcome, Margot. Hi, Dr. Porter. It's such a pleasure to listen to you speak. Um, I'm, I'm participating right now. I'm in Portland, Oregon. I'm on a 14-week uh, art and science of Raja yoga class with Ananda Portland. Oh, and wow. um, Yeah, that's all Paramahansa Yogananda-based. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a wonderful class. It's expanded my awareness of what's going on. Um, I've got a couple of questions. It was interesting because I wrote down on my pad here as I'm listening to you about I wanted to bring up karma and the process that we have on wanting to negate karma and how that comes into play with these disciplines that you teach. And right when I had written that down, you, you did a little brief couple of sentences, you brought Paramahansa Yogananda into it, and you talked about karma, but I'd like you to expand a little bit more on that, if you could. Well, I think just like uh, Paramahansa did when he, you know, there are certain tools, and they used technology back then, you know, the gemstones and things that Paramahansa wore, <laughs> you know, to, uh, that even Yogstawarji would talk about as far as working with the energies of the planet to offset some karmic repercussions. But uh, I think that when you move into the world of Dharma, Karma is erased. You know, when you, it's all in your intention and your energy. So if, if you want to, karma is kind of the physical path, and if you move, and so it's going to make sure that it's like the current of a river. It's going to make sure that you're going downriver. That's the, you know, it's just going to keep nudging you along. But if you start to operate in a world of dharma where you're in harmony with the world, you know, and uh, every once in a while I have to, reinforcing my wife, you know, maybe some of this hardship I'm doing is because I was a, uh, a mass murderer in a past life or something. Who knows? But I can't deal with that. I mean, I don't know what that karma is. But I do know today there's karma in the food that I eat because instantly it's going to have a response on my body. It's going to instantly have a cause and effect in what happens to me. If I'm, if I'm, I'm going to, there's going to be a karma in a conversation I have with somebody, if it's a hurtful conversation, they're going to leave there with that hurtful conversation, but also I'm stuck with that emotion. So there's an instant karmic response. But when you start operating from Dharma and start thinking about what's best not only for me, but for everyone in my environment. So we start acting like our central sun, and we're going to shine light on everything, the light in the dark, because it doesn't really matter because there's a power greater than us that's controlling it. And we're going to, we're going to not give up and not do anything, but we're going to work in harmony with that higher purpose and higher power. And I think that's where uh, when, when people start to go, that's the real difference between somebody who's doing uh, certain meditation practices is that a lot of people, uh, I did uh, Nichiren Daishon Buddhism for a while when I was researching back in, in the 80s. Uh, I had a reaction, uh, which I talked, there's a movie out called Awaken to Your Riches where I was interviewed, and they wanted to interview people that had these spiritual experiences. And before I got into learning about Parahazi Gananda and all of these people, I had a visitation in the hospital. I had blood, I had blood poisoning from a bisulfite accident in a chemical factory I worked at. And I had chemical pneumonia, I could hardly breathe. And my body was progressed to such a point that I couldn't talk anymore. And then that night uh, that I'm talking about here, I was visited by a golden entity in my hospital room. And instantly, I was well, instantly. I don't know what happened. I mean, I, I wasn't like I, but I couldn't move. I was in a catatonic state, really. And the next day when they came in to do a blood transfusion because my body was so polluted with these bisulfites that uh, were part of this metering pump that I was injured working on, they couldn't believe it. They kept me in the hospital for two months to figure out how they had saved me. But I couldn't tell them, hey, guys, there's this golden entity that came into my, my hospital room but after that day, it was like before that I was an angry, I was only 24 years old, I was very angry, all I wanted to do was party. <laughs> but after that, it was like Dharma took over. My karma was done. I could not, and I was going to join the military. I was going to be in the Navy. And I was a week away from being deployed, you know, to going to boot camp. But when that happened, of course, I couldn't do that anymore. I had to choose another path. So I think that on that level, karma took over and said, look, you've done the, that kind of lifetime too many times. And so, and I went to astrologers after that. I tried to find out what really happened to me. And astrologers have told me, they, they go, what happened to you in November of, you know, 2005? 
It was right in my chart. I mean, and I'm going, well, what do you mean? What happened? I mean, I didn't tell them anything. And that, that was a predestined experience. So there are predestined experiences, but I think that you can move beyond that, too, just like we read about in some of these spiritual masters have done. Excellent. Thank you. And another question I have is um, identifying passion, and um, which, which, which will take us to that path towards self-realization. Um, and if, if certain of us are stuck where we've, we've recognized that before, we know it's available, but we're, we feel like we're in a shift that we've lost that at this point being what's going on in the planet or whatever is being experienced. Are there any tips or um, insight you can give on how some, someone can um, concentrate on that or focus on that in order to obtain that realization or that passion again? Well, one of the things we had a quote in our break rooms of our franchise that uh, said, a service to humanity is service to divinity. And a lot of people try to separate the spiritual world from the physical world. And the reality is that we're in a spiritual world trying to be physical, which is the problem. Once we realize that we're in a spiritual world just expressing as physical beings, then that passion returns. And if we realize everything that we do, you can't do anything that's not spiritually based. Now, on the surface, some people might want to say that's good or that's bad or that's indifferent, but the reality is that you can't do anything that's not. So now if you start to align with that and say, hey, what am I doing today? Whatever you're doing. It could be you're a janitor, whatever. If you do that to the best of your ability and you say, wow, this is my service to humanity, which is service to divinity, now what happens is the doorway of opportunity opens for you. And I explain this to my clients this way. I say there's a cube around you that says this is all you can experience right now because this is all the expression that you can see. But there's a lot more outside of this cube. It's like shining a, a flashlight into a dark room and saying this is all there is, what the flashlight shows you, when there's all this other part of the room. So until you turn on the light, and that's where enlightenment comes in and shows you the whole thing, you've got to act as if that's all you can see and really live it to its fullest. And when you start to do that, my, my wife just last night told me, she goes, There's, you've got a problem because you're always happy all the time. And she can't figure that out. And she's known me for, we've been married for 22 years. And I say, well, I've been happy ever since that experience in the hospital. Because I knew at that moment that every moment mattered. Every person I talk to, every conversation I have, every lecture that I give, every person that I come in contact with is now by divine appointment. There is no coincidence. There's no happenstance. This is all predestined. Now I get to experience it again because it all happened already in the ethers. Now I get to experience it, and I get to bring my joy, my excitement into it, my experience into it. So if somebody starts to see the world, not as you know, Buddha said a long time ago, over 5,000 years ago, that all unhappiness stems from unfavorable comparisons. So when you think about it, the reason somebody's unhappy or they lost their passion is they're comparing it to something else. If you focus on what you're doing, one of my, my visions in life is to have a retreat center where people can come and experience those kind of things, get outside of the hustle and bustle of their everyday life and really experience that joy and that passion. That passion is there for everyone. And whatever the lessons are now that you're going through, you make it through those, you're gonna get a greater opportunity in the next moment. But you have to be open to this one first. So it's, it's almost like, entering into different dimensions. You've got to experience this dimension wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, to the fullest. Really be open to it. Experience it. Explore it. And then the next opportunity comes to you and then you're open to that one and it'll just keep evolving in that way. That's why the expression of the lotus is, is, is usually used for enlightenment. So Because you're, it's always opening up to another more beautiful, more elaborate experience. Yes. Very good. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me on, and good talking to both of you. And I thank you, too, for listening. Be sure to follow this show so you get notifications of our weekly shows full of fresh information that you won't find in mainstream media. I now leave you with music from the universe 
brought to you by AcousticHealth.com. Have a beautiful day.